Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Shager. My guest today is Sadiq Rosenberg-Greenberg. He's the executive director of Friends of Reed Park, working on a campaign called Expand Reed Park. Good afternoon. You know, I can remember getting some phone calls and Facebooks and emails this summer saying there's a campaign to expand Reed Park. And I was like, okay, well, I'll I'll keep an eye on that and see what happens. Talk about how the effort started. The effort began officially on May 6th, 2014. So that's a little over six months ago. A single individual had been communicating with his friends about this idea to expand Reed Park into the two golf courses that are at the Randolph Golf Complex. And the recommendation was given to go ahead in front of city council and to present the idea. So on May 6th was the official launch for that. Uh, Daniel Brockert went in front of the city council and mayor and gave the present, well, in call to the audience, a three-minute idea presentation to expand the park. Uh, He then returned again on May 20th with the exact same message. And what happened from there was Tim Steller, columnist for the Arizona Daily Star, saw his talk at city council and decided to write an article, front page of the Sunday paper, News spread like wildfire at that point. Um, the Facebook page for the Expand Read Park campaign was also launched that same month, so May 7th, in fact. And within the course of two months, the page ended up receiving more than 5,000 likes. It was pretty amazing watching that process and the excitement that the campaign had garnered. I noticed that when I was doing my research, 5,000 is quite a few likes for a a local grassroots startup in a short amount of time. Yeah. To give an example, Tucson Parks and Rec has 1,600 likes. Uh, Tucson Clean and Beautiful has 1,300 likes. Uh, They've been on Facebook since 2004. We've been on Facebook for less than six months. Well, what's all the excitement about? What are what do what is it that these people like? I think the essence is that we have hit on a chord that has been in the hearts and minds of Tucsonans for quite some time. People have been walking around the Randolph Golf Complex for decades. Um, when in community, when I've spoken with folks about this campaign. Oftentimes, an initial response that I get is, I had that dream when I was a kid. So this dream, this vision from my interaction with community has been alive in the hearts and minds of our community for decades. I think what has catalyzed this movement now, uh, for those who have been watching Uh, the history of Tucson City Golf over the course of the last decade is that Tucson City Golf, as a result of a national decline in popularity of golf, the end result here in Tucson is a debt of $11 million over the course of the last 11 years for Tucson City Golf. That's a problem. And the reason, logistically and legally speaking, 
Tucson City Golf is set up as an enterprise of the city. So different from Tucson Parks and Rec, parks are one of the six components of the city charter where the government is obliged to fulfill. Tucson City Golf is an enterprise, which means it has to pay for itself. It currently is not. Uh, the reason why, uh, over the course of the last few years, the conversation about what do we do with the golf courses has been such a major conversation and why you had a council member, Regina Romero, and the Grand Canyon University uh, concept put forth for El Rio. Shirley Scott has been pushing forth concepts for Fred Anke for some time is because we are facing some really serious issues as it relates to the industry of subsidized municipal golf, which is what it is. Um, I think it's really important to acknowledge the fact that we have 40 golf courses throughout the Tucson City Corridor, five of which are you know municipal golf and subsidized golf, meaning the taxpayers are subsidizing water for those courses, and we're also subsidizing the costs so we have cheaper entry fees for our residents. So the question comes out, what ends up happening on top of water and cheaper rates is now we're also being footed the bill of the debt. So the cost of city golf on the taxpayer is increasing and has been for the last 11 years. Tucson City Golf has not made a profit since 2003. And so it's our belief that's one of the reasons. It's sort of like there's a match that's been lit under this vision that has been in the community for so long. There used to be a time where the city of Tucson considered itself to be one of the world's capitals for golf. And so you got to imagine that when the popularity of the sport nationally is in major decline, a lot of the bureaucrats, government are trying to figure out, well, what do we do now? Because this used to be a major source of income and currently it is not. So I believe that that's one of the major factors of what's been causing um, so much support. But I think also, you know, it's a great idea. This is an opportunity to create a beautiful park space in the center of our town where community can come together, we can gather, we can have celebrations, we can have a beautiful space um, that we can call our own. You're listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. My guest today is Sadiq Rosenberg-Greenberg. He's the executive director of Friends of Reed Park, uh, discussing a campaign currently in place to expand Reed Park. Talk about more of the vision for... Uh, the campaign to expand Reed Park. I mean, isn't it already a great park in the center of Tucson where people <laughs> can have celebrations? It is a great park. Um, what you currently see with Reed Park as it is, the space that has the largest capacity for festival environment or musical performance is the band shell. Um, the capacity for that space is approximately 5,000. Uh, depending on whether you're allowing for blankets, you're allowing what you know how the space is being choreographed, that's the max end. Um, if we were to have large-scale music festivals like Austin, Texas, or um, 
Eugene, Oregon, Portland, New Orleans, for that matter, we don't have a space that we could do that other than potentially Pima County Fairgrounds, which most people don't really want to go all the way out there. A lot of people have shared this you know, throughout the course of this campaign. Well, Reed Park is already a really great park. What more are you trying to add? And our response is, you're absolutely right. It is a great park, and that's why we've selected this as one of, as the destination space where we would like to continue that, other than the fact, of course, that it's in the center of town, and uh, we want to create a unifying space. But there's a difference between a park and a signature park. Our vision for this park is to actually create an international destination. This would be a place where people would be coming from all over the globe to to be... To, to be able to experience what it is that's being created there. As far as the details of that vision, the response that we currently have is, well, you know, this campaign is six months old, so what is in concrete writing is very small. The vision that we have as an organization is actually to engage the citizenry of Tucson in a process. So what we're going to be doing is creating citywide forums, working with the city, working with um, uh, the government, and figuring out ways to actually gather the entire community for a community discussion of basically asking the question, what would be the highest and best use for this land? And what is the community vision? One of the ideas that we've been working on is as we're building these community conversations, there's three miles worth of fencing that surrounds Randolph Golf Complex. As these community conversations build, one of the visions that we have is actually to put canvas around that fence and actually have a weekend where we're inviting the entire community out to start writing with words and or even drawing pictures of what it is that they're envisioning. What we see, if, if we're to create a signature park that is truly the heart blood of this community, it has to be an expression of the community. We're not going to pretend to have all of that as, you know, our leadership group has grown at this point to 35 in six months. It's pretty amazing. But we, we don't in any way, shape, or form imagine that we have all the answers. We have collected a five-page vision document um, over the course of the six months, basically bullet points of all the ideas that have been shared with us. And so we do plan on working with the community to look at all of those ideas and say, okay, what would actually be practical um, for this vision that we're bringing forth? You mentioned the cost of the citywide golf courses now having uh, a deficit of $11 million. And with some of the ideas that the park coming forward, I assume that they might be perhaps even more costly than $11 million over a period of time. It is true that there will be startup costs, there will be maintenance costs for whatever it is that we envision to to build in this space. Um, however, one of the things that both our vision committee and development committee are working quite hard on, we're actually going to be creating what's called a, a menu book. So all the ideas that I had mentioned before and any additional ideas that come to the table, we're going to be creating a process of due diligence and actually showing impact studies from other municipalities and showing what actually there's the investment fee, so the initial cost, but then there's also 
what are the economic impacts? So just as an example, if we were to have a space where we could have larger music festivals, where we could have, for example, we've actually been approached by an organization that does Civil War reenactments. They want a space where they can do something like this. And when they got word that this project is on the table, they thought that this would be an amazing space for that. What these sort of projects would bring to the table and the economic impact that it would have on the city of Tucson, we believe will be far greater than the initial investment that would be brought to the table. Um, not that we would get to the size of Coachella, um, but just to give an example, Coachella brought in $74 million last year. If we were to find a sustainable equivalent for the city of Tucson, where we could have um, you know, music festival, themed festivals in the heart of our town, where we're bringing people from the Southwest uh, United States, coming in, spending money in our community, hotel rooms, you name it, businesses, vendors, all the components that come along with that sort of activity, um, we believe that the the actual economic impact will far outweigh um, the initial investments that will be a part to this. And in fact, the way that we are expecting to envision the park space is that this is an economic driver for the community. Um, typically, one of the things that we are in conversation with Parks and Rec about right now is that there is a model where parks are just simply something that the city pays for and it comes out of our budget. But there are a lot of Parks and Recs uh, departments throughout the United States who are actually showing there are ways to have parks that can actually be bringing in um, income to the community so it's more sustainable. You're listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. Our guest today is Sadiq Rosenberg-Greenberg, Executive Director of Friends of Reed Park, talking about uh, the campaign to expand Reed Park, which you can learn more about at friendsofreedpark.nationbuilder.com. You can also find them at Facebook at Expand Reed Park. It seems like at this point there's a lot on the table of what could happen at Reed Park? Yeah, there's a lot on the table, and there's there's both what's on the table long term, and there's also short term conversations as well. Um, and I'll break that down in a really simple format, which there's a conversation that we were actually having uh, with the mayor's office and other city officials for shared use of Randolph Golf Complex right now. So, as an interim to the longer term repurposing. We're actually in the process of building a citywide task force. Um, at the moment, we have approximately 150 different businesses, organizations, city and county departments, neighborhood associations, and so forth that we are bringing together to look at the conversation of how do we open up the Randolph Golf Complex now in the evenings and also designated days where that entire space is open to the community for more than just golf. Again, you know, the Randolph Golf Complex is city land. It was designated for the use of golf within the, um, the Tucson Parks and Rec Charter. 
The question, though, again, this is sort of the back line of this entire campaign, is that the highest and best use? And if the conversation with this campaign ends, let's say let's say the city decides, no, we want to keep it as golf. Let's say that were to happen. I don't believe it's going to. But if that were to happen, well, the question is, is the highest and best use in a single-use plan most beneficial to the city? We don't believe so. Uh, and a lot of people who even, let's say, disagree with the longer long repurposing do fully agree with shared use. And so that would look like having cyclists, runners, walkers, pedestrian use, picnicking in the Randolph Golf Complex, which is a gorgeous 300 acres of land in the center of our town, uh, where people could use that in the evenings, let's say from 5 to 10 at night. Um, and or if we were to find... Um, days during the month, that would also be a time where it could be even opened up during the day. Uh, these are things that we're also having in conversation with the city right now is things that can happen now. Another thing that we're talking with the city about right now that could happen now is free Wi-Fi for the parks. So some of you might know this, but Google was approached by the city of San Francisco and asked if they would be willing to provide free Wi-Fi for their park system. So we decided to go to a local internet providing company, Sprocket Communications, and we asked them if they would be interested in providing free Wi-Fi for the expanded RePark vision. They came back and said they would love to. They really liked the idea. And so we're now in a process uh, where we're working with city officials, the director of procurement for the city, uh, city manager, uh, city attorney, and we're figuring out a process of how to move forward on creating free Wi-Fi uh, for the park. It will create a bidding process. So Cox Cable will be offered a bid as well as um, Comcast and the other internet companies Whoever ends up filling that shoe, that's an amazing gift that would help this campaign move forward. Imagine going to the park and being able to spend your day there and then be able to pull out your laptop out, get some homework done, maybe get your work done, um, being able to connect, maybe Skype with someone across the globe while sitting in a park. Uh, how amazing would that be? And another piece that's on the, the table of conversation with that is that this internet um, company has also offered to provide solar-powered charging stations as a part of that gift. So not only would you have free Wi-Fi, but there would also be space throughout the park where you can plug in. What are some of the next steps for the Expand Read Park campaign, Sadiq? One of the really exciting uh, steps that is coming up is December 3rd. The Parks Commissioner, Cy Shore, had requested that this item be put on the agenda. So December 3rd, 3.30 to 5.30, the next Parks Commission meeting, the idea to expand Reed Park will be on the agenda. We are inviting the entire community. We're getting pretty loud about this, and we expect hundreds of people to show up. They actually are moving the venue for the meeting with anticipation for who will be arriving. Um, we're having fun with this concept, and 
uh, we've we've had a theme throughout our campaign where we invite people to come and dress up as in green, as obviously a solidarity for the concept of parks. But we're going a step further with this, and we're actually inviting everyone to dress up as park superheroes, um, or just you know green superheroes, and just using that theme. So as we all arrive on December 3rd at the Parks Commission meeting that, you know, we will have a sea of, of superheroes. Why we chose superheroes is because another component that we're actually going to be launching and announcing at the December 3rd meeting is another program of Friends of Reed Park, which is the Park Superhero um, of the Month program. Um, the... There are six major components to the city charter. Uh, what that the the six pieces are: roads, water, transport, park, fire, and police. And in the conversation of why is it that let's say our roads or why is it that our parks are not getting the same degree of attention that some of our other city charter amenities are, it brings up the conversation of, well, how are we viewing and how are we interacting with the other components to our charter? And so in having this conversation about the park system, we asked, well, how many people truly believe that the people like Parks and Rec who are responsible for maintaining and taking care of these amenities in our par- in our in our city um, how much respect so to speak is given towards uh, the groundskeepers towards the administrators that are providing these spaces of refuge throughout our community studies show very clearly that the ratio of parks per capita within a city has a direct correlation to the health quotient of a community. Tucson is way below that um, the per capita percentage for how much park space should, so to speak, be within a community. And so we have friends at Reed Park think something needs to be to be done about that. And so we're trying to address that in many ways. And one of the ways is to create the superhero, um, the park superhero award program where we're going to be giving out monthly awards at the parks commission meetings, also at the city council meetings. And we're, we're working with different quadrants of the city government to, and, and parks and rec to initiate this program and, and really, bring into the community so where we would actually be announcing that within the newspapers, Tucson Weekly, radio shows, um, TV stations, where we're really starting to highlight the importance of having these sacred spaces within our community and then the people who dedicate their lives to making sure we have that. Um, so that's another reason why we're asking people to wear, um, you know, to come out as superheroes on December 3rd is we, we really want to highlight the fact that uh, what it is that the parks give us as a community. One of the biggest questions that I get is how do I get involved? And this is a large campaign. This is something it'll take, you know, hundreds, thousands of us to come together to rally around this idea to make this happen. One of the things that I spoke about earlier in the interview was that we currently have a leadership team 
of 35. We're building that team. We have a board of directors, and we also have nine committees as a part of that, and dozens of subcommittees. And, you know, to create something of this sort, you know, it, it takes a dedicated uh, crew of people who are interested. And that could be anything from, you know, offering a, a half hour, hour a month to someone who wants to get involved more regularly. So um, one way to contact us to if you're interested in getting involved for a leadership position is uh, friends of Reed Park at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also reach us at our website, which is uh, friendsreadpark.org. On that page, you can actually, there's a whole questionnaire that would ask you what you might be interested in as far as volunteering. Beyond, beyond the level of leadership involvement, we also have general membership. So not everyone has the time to get involved with leadership and to support in that way, but yet they still care for the cause. And so we are also, we've also launched an entire membership program. So we have um, membership for individuals, for families, for organizations and businesses. So for individuals and families, um, there's an annual membership that one can get on that website. And there are a lot of benefits that we are bringing to the table. And with the fact that there's also membership for businesses and organizations, we're actually creating a Reed Park Merchant Association. So with that, we're going to be developing a Reed Park Merchant Association card. As that merchant association grows, our members will also get great perks and benefits at all the businesses that are associated with this campaign. As an example, uh, Sprocket Communications, the internet providing company, has also said that anyone who comes on board um, and switches their internet service to Sprocket Communications, they will actually donate 10% of the monthly bill every month to the cause for Friends Street Park. So that's another way to get involved is you know to become a member. And, um, and there are ways once you become a member to also have a voting uh, say within the organization as well. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI. Tucson. My guest today has been Sadiq Rosenberg-Greenberg, Executive Director for Friends of Reed Park, with a campaign to expand Reed Park. More information can be found on Facebook with Expand Reed Park or friendsofreedpark.org.